today's episode of the Brains Bite Back podcast, we speak with Joe Ferrero, Vice President of Revenue at Hypothesis, a company striving to implement a conversation layer over the entire web that works everywhere without needing implementation by any underlying site. Joe starts the show by sharing when and how Hypothesis first started and explains the story behind the name Hypothesis and the creative design of the website's URL where he also drops in a cool fact about Iceland, which might sound random, but trust me, it makes sense when you get to that part of the interview. And finally, Joe shares how he believes social annotation stands to help prepare students for the workplace, alongside other exciting possibilities that might arise from this technology, before concluding the show with a brief insight into what is next for the company. I hope you enjoy today's episode. My name is Joe Ferraro. I am the Vice President of Revenue. So I oversee the commercial operations here at Anno. Uh, our product is known as Hypothesis. And um, we are a social annotation tool. So our goal is really to allow people to have conversations about anything on the web directly where they find the source information. So the best layman's way to explain it would be imagine the commenting in Google Docs everywhere on the web that you can have conversations with your classmates, your peers, or even your friends on a variety of topics. I love that this idea because I found commenting in those documents so helpful, especially for someone like myself who works as a digital nomad working with teams that are spread out all across the world. So I already have noticed just how useful this can be. So to have it all over the web uh, sounds absolutely fascinating. And I want to know, like, when and how did Hypothesis first start? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's this is an old idea that uh, Dan Whaley, our founder and CEO, has been trying to fix uh, since probably about 2011. Uh, so Dan is, he's a tech pioneer. He actually, he launched the first travel booking website in the 90s. Uh, the first plane ticket ever booked commercially over the internet went through a server in Dan's living room. So Dan's always been trying to solve big problems. And the idea of Hypothesis actually came about while well, Dan was involved with a climate tech startup uh, in 2011. Um, so there's a lot of conversations in the world about climate and climate change. And at that time, it was really focused around the Copenhagen Accords and whether or not the U.S. was going to adopt them and some other countries as well. And what Dan found was that there was a lot of misinformation on the web. I think today, especially in the States, we probably call that fake news. But he said, you know, if we could just have conversations on the source data, whether it was an article in the New York Times or a research study that you find in one of the various journals on the web, where people could actually look at the facts, talk about them and have a nuanced conversation, that may actually give people more of a view that they could sort of see the other side, especially with some of these polarizing conversations, as opposed to taking the article and putting it on Facebook and then seeing your Uncle Bill's reaction and your friends in college. And so uh, in 2011, he decided this was a problem he was going to solve. And this is actually something that people have been thinking about almost since the genesis of the web, even in Mosaic back in the 90s, there was initially an annotation functionality in the Mosaic browser, but that sort of took a backseat to some other features. And so Dan spent the first seven or eight years of the Hypothesis project actually running a nonprofit where the organization was trying to determine the best technical ways to approach this big idea, but also to develop a web standard. So 2017 to 2018, the annotation was developed by the W3C as a new unit of speech. 
And in 2019, we incorporated as Annotation Unlimited, or as we're known, Anno, and went to market with the Hypothesis product. That's awesome. And it's incredible to hear that there's such a deep backstory, like it really does span years and years of work. Uh, and that's fascinating to me. And I want to know, like, what's the story behind the name Hypothesis? And was it always the plan to have the website spelled like Hypothesis, but with the dot before the final I and S? Because I think that's really cool. So I mean, when you think about the definition of hypothesis, you think about it, you've got a thesis and that's the foundation upon which any argument rests. And it's namely that you're looking to prove a theory. And the first thing you do when you start writing or when you're in science, what you wanna look for when you're reading is some kind of hypothesis or thesis that can sort of explain what you see in front of you. And that's what scientists do every day. That's what researchers do every day. And even in my own role, trying to determine, you know, why is a certain thing happening? You have to set a hypothesis and either prove it right or wrong. And so that's really what we set out to do is let people talk about things and bring the facts right to where the information rests. In terms of the web domain, I think it's actually two things. First, it's really clever web hacking. I mean, it's a domain hack. I mean, .is is an Icelandic exchange. But we also think that the Icelandic people are really good representatives of the type of thinking that we're trying to nurture. Uh, back in 2010, Iceland's parliament actually passed a forward-looking modern media initiative, which was 13 laws that could be edited to talk about freedom of speech, expression, and information. And as they did that, it actually allowed them, the people of Iceland to go through a process to crowdsource a rewrite of their constitution. And obviously that's what we're about all about, so we approve. So from a marketing perspective, it looks really great, it's easy to think of, and it also really ties closer to the values that we have as a company. That's awesome, that's a, a fun little fact as well, because I never would have, I never would have known that it has that behind it, that's, that's really cool. And I would highly recommend that anyone listening goes to check out your website that we mentioned there, because it really does gives you, give you a better sense of how this is going to work, and I did see on your website that you have a blog titled Preparing Students for the Workplace with Social Annotation. Now, again, I would highly recommend listeners go check it out. But for now, would you be able to share some insights based on this blog, maybe from your own knowledge, on how you believe social annotation can help prepare students for the workplace? Yeah, that's a really great question, Sam. And I think before I answer it, we should take a step back and talk about sort of who we serve right now. And so Hypothesis, as we launched, it was you know, end of 2019, early 2020. And all of a sudden, for some reason, there was a massive need for new tools in education to help students collaborate and work together. That was really where we were born in the education bucket. Uh, we have about 2 million university students that use our tool each year to collaborate on readings, really replace the discussion board and have more in-depth nuanced conversations in the classroom. And the dream has always been to really fold this technology across the web. As students have started to graduate, they've started to try and take this tool with them. And we're asking, how can I continue to take notes and have conversations on the source material that I need in front of me? And that gave us a great opportunity to start moving into the enterprise space. But especially over the last two, three years, there are students that are graduating college this year that spent the first two years of their undergraduate working remotely and having to collaborate because they weren't able to physically go to campus. And so many knowledge workers today work remotely that having an understanding about how to collaborate over the web without having a physical conference room or being able to go ask your neighbor a question is a big challenge for these folks. 
especially when you think of tech in general. I saw a study recently that the average tech company uses 78 different SaaS applications across an organization. And so that could be things like Slack, it could be email, it could be Salesforce, it could be your accounting software, your marketing software. But none of these tools talk to each other. And that's a big difference for students when they're coming out of school. You work in your learning management system, your e-texts are located there, your assignments are located there, you're collaborating with your peers there. So it's a big adjustment for students, especially when they get into the workplace, to suddenly have to figure out where do I put the information so the right people are gonna see it? And how do I collaborate with all these different tools where I can have different options? And so our goal is to first make sure students know how to continue to collaborate with each other while they're at school, but help them integrate the technologies they're gonna use every day using our platform to help them connect those various identities and share the information that they want to and need to. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I mentioned before, I can definitely see this helping not just students, but the workplace and throughout the whole transition from early, early days in school, even to like your later years. Uh, I think this is the sort of thing that can yeah, really carry through someone's entire life, um, especially as we move into this like digital space or working remotely. I can see a great deal of opportunity here. And we've spoken here about like preparing students for the workplace. No doubt there's going to be an important issue with this. But that aside, what else excites you the most when it comes to the potential of social annotation? So there's so much. I mean, the world is getting smaller every day. Even here at Hypothesis, you know, our team spreads across, I believe, 15 different countries where we have to be able to work asynchronously, but also be able to connect synchronously across a variety of documents, time zones, and formats of information. And that's what a lot of people are seeing in their day-to-day -day work right now. And so while students are really an important part of what we do, I think the whole world is looking for ways to really streamline their communication and make sure that they can share the data and the context that's needed to get things done. So I'm really excited about that. Secondly, it's just AI. I mean, if you'd asked me even around Christmas time last year what I thought of artificial intelligence, I probably wouldn't have had a very strong opinion on where that's going to go. But we've seen what ChatGPT and Google's Bard and all these other language models have been able to bring out. Those all start with text, and that's what our tool is all about, our annotations and text, things that people are thinking about, things that people are trying to synthesize, understand, and explain. And it's gotten us starting to think about prompt hacking. And, you know, how can we use the type of information that people share in the platform to help them make more well-founded hypotheses and solve the big problems that are in front of them? Outside of that, it's more than just AI and text. I think that it's really starting to move to a place where social annotation can really have no bounds. Uh, this fall, we're launching video annotations. So essentially transcribing and time coding any video that a student or organization wants to take a look at and giving people the opportunity to have a conversation over recorded material as well as, as, well as image annotation. So if you're taking an art history class in education, looking at a you know, work by Michelangelo and actually being able to talk about it like you would in a museum if you were there with your peers. It's really opening up the web to so many more opportunities for conversation and so many more opportunities for understanding, collaboration, and learning. I think uh, this is really just the beginning of almost fundamentally transforming the way that we use the web between AI and different communications tools. Yeah, it's exciting to say the least. And it's so interesting. There, you mentioned AI. I find it creeping into my conversations I have on these calls more and more, especially chat GPT as well. 
So I'm I'm super interested to see how AI is gonna yeah interact with this and uh, yeah how they're gonna work together hand in hand. And you obviously mentioned a few things there of mm-hmm. how you see this developing. But I want to know like for hypothesis, what's next? What's on the horizon for you folks? There's there's a lot coming down the pike, Sam. Uh, first is just our continued commitment to the education space. Uh, we're preparing to launch probably our biggest fall in the history of the organization. Uh, over 400 colleges and universities will be adopting this as part of their curriculum come August or September. And so making sure that we can continue to support the users that we have, as well as get the next generation of college students excited about social adaptation and collaboration. On top of that, we have launched into the enterprise space in just the last 50 days or so. We have we were launched on, at Team 23, the large Atlassian user conference in Las Vegas. We're actually the first external vendor to ever get mentioned at the keynote as a new feature in their platform. And so they've got about 500 million users around the world that are looking for different ways to collaborate and are just clamoring for ways to streamline that process. If you're a marketing team reviewing a competitor's website, rather than taking screenshots and emailing it to your team, they can actually highlight the text on a competitor's site and tag their coworkers and pull a screenshot directly into Confluence to understand what the competitor's doing. For researchers and coders, I mean, imagine being able to talk over a line of code without making edits and understand exactly what needs to be accomplished with the code that you're writing. I think for us, this is a really big year as coming out side of education, but also helping the enterprise market really get almost more of a sense of how their employees are collaborating and working and enabling them to do it more efficiently so that they can focus on what's important and not worry so much about the administrative burden of using so many different tools. That's great. I mean, like I can see this streamlining so much and I, I can't wait to see what comes from this. And like I mentioned before, I recommend everyone go and check out your website. Um, but if people do want to keep up to date with the work that you're doing, maybe either yourself, Joe, or, or uh, Hypothesis in general, where should people go? Yeah, so best place to go is obviously to our website. And so it's Hypothesis. The dot is before IS, so all one word. Easy enough to find us there. Um, our social media always shares a lot of our customer success stories. And uh, also feel free to follow me on LinkedIn to understand what's coming next and what we're excited about. And just you know, our view on ed tech and the enterprise space as a whole. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see how your work develops. And uh, I just want to thank you once again for joining me today, Joe. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been great, Sam. Uh, happy to come back anytime. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds businesses' online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. What's more, listeners of BrainSpike Back can find the tools and resources they need to overcome common hurdles that many startups face when trying to generate long-term growth by visiting publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. Thank you.
That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned something. And if you have benefited from today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast as these reviews really help us grow the show. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Brain Spike back and you will find us. We hope you join us for more episodes in the future. And until then, take care. Disclosure. This episode contained a client and a Spacio portfolio company.